Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Now, here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. Burn, baby, burn. Welcome in to a very special bonus edition of Fantasy Baseball today on Friday, September 1st. I am Frank Stample, and I teased earlier in the week that I would be joined by a Yankees legend. Let me quickly read off the resume here. Four-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slugger Award winner, 1998 AL batting champion, hitting 339, played all 16 years with the New York Yankees. Please welcome to the show, Bernie Williams. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, man, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. And with that introduction, you're, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to do it. It's Hearing it from you, it means a lot. Uh, look, I hate to start things off on a negative topic, but let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about the Yankee season. And so far, obviously, it's been a pretty rough one. The Yankees are currently in last place in the AL East. And if these results stand, it will be the first time they finish in last place since 1990. Bernie, what have you seen from the Yankees this season? What's gone wrong? Well, I, uh, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned 1990 because around that time was around the time that I uh, first uh, started, you know, making my way into the big leagues. And uh, they call that, you know, that and years prior to that, the lean years. Uh, and I am hoping uh, to God that uh, we're, this is not the start of the lean years for the Yankees, you know, for this, you know, for this generation. Uh, I am hoping that it's just a, uh, just uh, an anomaly and uh, just sort of a slew of uh, good years for these guys. I know that individually and collectively, they want to be part of, uh, you know, that team that has, you know, basically uh, thrive on excellence, you know, over the past hundred years, you know, more championships than anybody in, in baseball and, uh, and so and so forth, you know, it's been a great organization. Uh, uh, they have gotten into some uh, roadblocks, you know, this year, uh, with injuries and, uh, you know, the fact that uh, Aaron Judge was uh, basically missed, you know, for most of the season, you know, uh, he's trying to get his timing back. Uh, uh, but if you if you would have asked me in the middle of the 90s, you know, this team is going to be in 2023, is going to be last. I would say, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> this is not uh, a thing that happens, you know, with the Yankees very often. Uh, but uh, I know that they – 
from the front office standpoint and the player standpoint, uh, standpoint they, they do have the ability to uh, improve their team, uh, whether by getting, uh, you know, more help, you know, from the minor league system or, you know, trying to go out there and getting some help, you know, from free agents or trades. Uh, they always have been uh, known for uh, having that, uh, you know, ability to, uh, you know, get whatever they need to, to make the team a, a productive team. So uh, this year, uh, they're going to have to make a lot of changes probably, uh, but uh, uh, they'll find a way. I'm sure that they will find a way. Yeah, look, it's a loaded division right now. The Orioles, the Blue Jays, they've all Tampa Bay, they've all played very well this season. And it's easy to tell yourself a story. What would have happened if Aaron Judge never got hurt this season, right? Uh, moving on from there, you, you mentioned the front office. And look, Yankee fans, I know that they can get a little bit crazy at times. What do you think the future holds for both Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman? Well, I mean, I don't know. I am so glad that I don't get paid to make these decisions. Uh, but uh, uh, they have uh, gotten, gotten into a rough patch. And I think that uh, I just uh, hope that uh, people don't see this as, you know, sort of a trend that is going to keep happening. I think it's maybe just a fluke. Uh, and, you know, given the, uh, the track record of the organization over the last 30 years, uh, this is a fluke. <laughs> this is, is something that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but with that said, obviously the Yankee fan base are used and demand, you know, a team that is excellent on the field and a team that is going to uh, give them, you know, what they, what they want, which is, you know, a championship team, you know, year in and year out. So to that effect, I think, you know, anybody that is involved in the front office and the organization is going to have to reevaluate uh, you know, the situation that they have at hand right now and try to make the proper changes. Uh, I mean, the, these guys are as good as the players and they're as good as the record. And they don't go out there, no, nor Aaron, nor Cashman, they don't go out there and throw the ball and hit the ball and, and make all these plays. It's, it's incumbent upon these, upon these players to play up to their expectations and, uh, you know, the things that they have, you know, set out to, to accomplish. Uh, it's very unfortunate that they have not been able to do that, you know, in this year. Uh, but uh, I guess, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see, you know, what the future holds for, for, for those guys. But the, one thing is for sure, you know, that they're not going to be happy where they are right now, where they are right now. So they're going to they're going to have to make some changes. All right, let's talk about something more positive. And you mentioned the minor league system a little bit earlier, and the Yankees have been calling up a slew of their, their young players. They announced just yesterday that they're calling up their 20-year-old outfield prospect, Jason Dominguez. And frankly, I can't think of anybody more qualified to give an opinion than Bernie Williams, right? The starting center fielder for the Yankees. The future starting center fielder for the Yankees in Jason Dominguez. He got off to a slow start this season in double-A, but since July 1st, he's been raking, showing improved plate discipline, some power, lots of speed as well. Bernie, what are your expectations for the young kid, Jason Dominguez? Yeah, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to see him in, uh, in spring training. He was just a talk of the spring. Uh, he was just his poise, you know, his maturity level at that young age, uh, being able to handle the spring training, and uh, with everything that involved, you know, the hitting, you know, and, uh, and working out, you know, rubbing elbows with, all, with these guys and acting like he belongs there, uh, uh, you know, ability-wise and mental-wise. And uh, he didn't really feel intimidated by anybody. He had a couple of good at-bats in spring, in spring training. And he, uh, I think it, the opportunity is golden for him because uh, they haven't really, it hasn't really been anybody that uh, has shown that they want to own that position. So he's up for the taking. And uh, uh, I think if he has an opportunity to show what he can do, uh, 
he might be the next center fielder for the next 20 years with this organization. But uh, uh, I think it just remains to be seen. Uh, he has the ability, uh, but we all know that playing in New York, you know, it takes a different animal. It takes, you know, uh, not only the, the part on the field and the playing on the field and the performing in the stadium is probably the easiest of everything that you have to deal with in New York. So uh, it's just uh, we're going to have to see, you know, how he had, has, has been able to adjust to all these uh, great changes in his career right now. Yeah, just 20 years old, flying through the system. The Martian, they call him. Very excited to see him make his debut this upcoming weekend for the Yankees. Let's take a little trip down memory lane and, and talk some stories here from your playing days back with the Yankees. Many reports back in the day. The boss, George Steinbrenner, putting your name out there in trade rumors. I know it's a business and all that, but at the time, how did you handle that? Uh, it was difficult. I think, you know, uh, in many of those cases, I, I tried to stay away from uh, all the commentary and all the rumors and everything that was going on because uh, it was just a necessary pressure that I would put on myself. I would uh, really have the firm belief that if I would take care of things on the field, all that talk and this, you know, will dissipate, you know, from the media and uh, from uh, all the people that, you know, really had a, a say in making all these decisions. All I had to do was concentrate and focus on the things that I had to do on the field. Hitting the ball, catching the ball, making plays, helping the team uh, win baseball games. And uh, I would figure if I take care of that, everything else would take care of itself. And uh, fortunately for me, it did. Uh, you know, I was in the you know, front uh, talk, you know, uh, about as far as being traded. And uh, I think, you know, I, I, be re I would be remiss to not, you know, to mention that uh, – there were a lot of people in the organization that really believed in my ability to play uh, the game. You know, people like, you know, Buck Showalter when he was here, uh, uh, Mark Newman, and especially uh, uh, Gene Michael, uh, uh, that uh, they really believed in the fact that I could play the game and they were trying to keep me as much as they can, you know, sort of sh uh, uh, shield me from, from the wrath of the, of the boss, you know, at that, at that time. Uh, and he just seemed to be like really impatient and uh, not having, uh, you know, just sounded like the, the patience to, to uh, uh, develop the players. They, they, he wanted them to perform right then and there. Uh, but I was just, you know, call it luck, call it good luck, call it just opportunity, you know, meeting, you know, uh, hard work. But I was able to sort of fly a little bit under the radar in those years. And uh, that really allowed me the opportunity to establish myself as a big league baseball player. And uh, I guess, you know, with the great uh, teammates that I had over those years, you know, the rest, it, it, it has become a, a good history. And I'll speak for all Yankee fans and say, I'm grateful that those people within the organization also showed that trust in you and that faith because obviously, Bernie, you had a tremendous career. So happy it worked out that way. There were also some rumors that following the 1998 season, the Red Sox offered you a pretty big contract between you and me. Were you ever close to actually signing in Boston? Yeah, yeah. I was, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I knew that I owe it to myself to at least explore the possibility of seeing what was out there for me. You know, after being a part of an organization for, you know, if you count, you know, five and a half years in the minor leagues and then six years in the major leagues without the ability to, to see, you know, to be a free agent, to, to, you know, every line of work, you know, that you have in America, you always have an ability to seek out a better opportunity for you and your family and better conditions, better working conditions, a better, a better system 
Uh, and I think I owed it to myself to explore. And I, you know, really emphasize that, explore. Uh, at the end of the day, what I found out was that being a Yankee was going to give me the best opportunity to be successful and have, you know, the rest of my career with one team, uh, especially this team in New York. We were on the uh, uh, kind of like basically having the best uh, run that we have ever had, you know, winning, uh, I would say at that time it was three out of the last four years. We won 96, 98, and then uh, in 99, uh, when I became a free agent, it was one of those, uh, you know, decision uh, opportunities that I had to make, and I had to put everything in, in a balance, say, you know, am I going to go for the money? Am I going to go, you know, because I feel upset that they didn't really, you know, feel like they wanted me, you know, speaking of the Yankees, or am I just going to swallow my pride and say, you know, this is the team that I belong to, and this is the team that I want to finish the rest of my career with, and uh, I, this is the team that is going to give me the best opportunity to be in the postseason year in and year out. Uh, and uh, I, you know, made that decision to remain a Yankee for the rest of my career. And uh, it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Derek Jeter, let's talk about him. Yankees captain, you guys played 12 seasons together. You won four World Series rings together. That's a lot of time. Do you have a, a funny story or a behind the scenes, what it was like, Derek Jeter, the player, the person? Any thoughts there? Oh, man, he was, he was just a great teammate. Uh, he's a great human being, and I think, you know, he it, it has a lot to do with his upbringing. I think, you know, it was a, a kind of an anomaly that I – but I was – we were just used to seeing uh, Dr. Jeter and, and, uh, and uh, his mom uh, there constantly. Even when he was already established as a superstar in the big leagues, they were there supporting him in uh, every step of the way – and it showed in his behavior, the way that he conducted himself on and off the field. Uh, and uh, he was just the ultimate professional. He lived, uh, he, he lived and, and breathed baseball. Nothing else mattered uh, to him but to win baseball games, win championships. And he was just the best, uh, uh, you know, the best person to fulfill that captain role in our years. Uh, you know, the team put a lot of stake on him uh, to be the representative and the face of the club. Uh, and he took that responsibility to heart. And, uh, you know, we, they, they, they call him the cap. And, uh, and uh, that's no slouch, man. Uh, uh, following a long line of uh, uh, great captains that this club has ever had. And, I mean, he is definitely uh, right up there in that echelon. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just uh, – and then he, he has just basically uh, has, you know, trickled down into being a very successful entrepreneur – you know, as a part owner of the Marlins and uh, everything that he does, he does it, uh, uh, you know, the biggest and the, uh, the most uh, uh, effort, you know, 100 percent and the highest quality uh, possible. So uh, he's a he, very, uh, very interesting individual and somebody that has uh, you, 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 you can uh, you can look up to him. And, uh, you know, for all the kids out there, man, uh, that's the way that I would definitely have to do it, uh, looking up for him and uh, looking up for him uh, uh, to do all these great things that he did. And now a great father, too. I see pictures on, of him on Twitter. He's got all the decorations on his face, going to birthdays and all that kind of crazy stuff. So it uh, looks like he's having a great time being a father as well. Yeah. Bernie, let's get into a few just rapid-fire, quick-hitting questions here. And I'm sure this is something you've been asked a lot after your playing career. Who was the toughest pitcher that you faced back in the day? I'm sure lots of names come to mind. Is there any one where every time you saw that pitcher, you said, not this guy again? Yeah, yeah, I will say probably that guy that gave me the most trouble was Pedro Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, as a starter, I mean, he was just 
as close as I could compare to an artist on the mound. Uh, he had four above average pitches and he was intimidating, even though he didn't have an intimidating figure. Uh, but he had a, a great arm, great control. And, uh, he was a, he was a bulldog out there on the mound. And, uh, we had, we had our times, we had our battles and, uh, I'm just, you know, much better for it, man. And, uh, really, uh, show me uh, at that time what was I made of and if I was going to go in uh, 100% on this battle, I needed to be at the top of my game. And he really uh, uh, made me elevate, you know, the quality and the level of my game to, to be able to face him on, on, a, on a yearly basis. Yeah, on the flip side, is there a pitcher that you remember facing that you had a lot of success against and that you were always excited to face? Not that well, I want to, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but, you know. I want to say excited to face him, but I, you know, it, it it's not even that you get a little peace of mind because baseball is very uh, uncertain uh, in those, uh, especially when you take things for granted. You know, you always have to approach the game as, you know, like never take anything for granted and always approach it like, you know, if I have success with this guy, this may be the day that he may have my number. So I don't want that to happen. So you approach it, you know, kind of like the same way all the time. But I think of all those guys that I had, uh, fairly good success. I, I probably mentioned maybe a guy like Jamie Moyer, you know, or somebody like that, Doug Drabeck or something, somebody like that. Uh, but uh, it, it did, really didn't matter. I mean, I really like to approach a guy like Pedro and a, and a guy like uh, Jamie Moyer to just to mention two of the, uh, you know, the opposite ex, uh, spectrum of, of my success level in the same way mentally. Because uh, you never know what, what was going to happen in a given day, and uh, there were one, there were some days that Jamie was really, really uh, successful and very effective. So uh, I really needed to be at the top of my game in any circumstance. Bernie, this one—it's a loaded question. There are no wrong answers, but if you had to build the Mount Rushmore of New York Yankees, right, the top four, the greatest Yankees of all time, who are you putting on the Mount Rushmore? I'll say probably. Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll be kind of biased. I mean, I'll probably start with Babe, <laughs> Babe Ruth. Uh, and then uh, maybe one guy from that era. I mean, I'll be so, so uh, uh, torn here because you have guys like Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and, uh, and uh, Luke Garrick. But then you have the guys from my era. You know, you have a guy that was anonymous, you know, like, he was a guy, the only guy that has been inducted into the Hall of Fame anonymously. You know, that's Mariano Rivera. I mean, that he has to be there. And, of course, Derek Jeter, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, if I would probably mention a team, probably the 98, you know, Yankees, you know, to the, uh, is, this year is the 25th anniversary of that team that, as a team, you know, sort of had one of the best seasons in the, in the history of the game, too. Yeah, so you had Babe on there, you had Mariano, you had Jeter. You got one more for the Mount Rushmore? Uh, I'll probably be really biased and say Yogi. All right, he hey, was my favorite. You can put you can put yourself on there too if you want, Bernie. I have no problem I don't know with about it. That, man. I just, uh, I'm happy mentioning other people. All right. Lastly, I do want to ask you about something I know that's very important to you, and that's interstitial lung disease. How has the disease affected you personally, and why is interstitial lung disease awareness and early diagnosis so important to you? Well, it's really important. Thank you, uh, you know, for asking me that question. Uh, my dad died from idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis in 2001, and uh, that is one, uh, that disease is one of one of the most common forms of uh, interstitial lung disease. Uh, 
so I've been teaming up with uh, Bert Ringer Engelheim to uh, uh, form this program called Tune Into Lung Health, uh, which uh, utilizes the power of music to raise awareness about these diseases. And uh, uh, it, has been, it has been awesome. Uh, so Tune Into Lung Health, uh, uh, and uh, I will have the opportunity to play the, uh, the anthem uh, on the 5th, September 5th. You know, hopefully, uh, are, are we, are we on, on real time here? No, no, this is recorded, so. <laughs> okay, great. So I can talk about, you know, something that I'm going to do uh, in the next couple of days. Very excited about having the, the platform that baseball gave me to give back to the community, uh, especially in Yankee Stadium, my beloved Yankee Stadium, and for the Yankee fans, raise awareness about something that is really dear uh, and uh, near and dear to my heart. Yeah, again, that, that'll be Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, September 5th. Bernie will be there playing the national anthem, again, to promote Tune Into Lung Health. And Tune Into Lung Health. Yeah, and to find program resources and more information, head into www.tuneintolunghealth.com, again, where you can find more information. Bernie, I just got to end with like a little fanboy moment here. We were talking beforehand, growing up in New York in the 90s as a kid, many kids' favorite players, Derek G. Mariano Rivera, rightfully so. I mean, those guys were amazing, obviously. I'm not just saying this because you're here. You were my favorite player growing up, Bernie. I've got the jersey to prove it. Oh, Check that out. I had you got to hold it. on to that one, man. They don't even make them anymore. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to end there, a little fanboy moment, but this, was, oh, this has man. been an amazing, amazing experience. Bernie, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Great. God bless me. We're going to wrap there for the legend, Bernie Williams. I am Frank. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Fantasy Baseball today, and we'll be back again next week. Bye-bye. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.